Hey everyone, welcome to Open Books with Claire. I'm your host, Claire, and I'm here today with my guest host, Talia. Hi, I'm Talia. I've gotten into reading uh, when quarantine started, and I just love the emotions that you get from reading and learning about the emotions of the characters and stuff like that. That's honestly so good that you you love the emotion because today's book that we're talking about has a lot of emotion and like playing with people's (laughs) emotions and things like that. Today's book is The Cruel Prince, written by Holly Black. Holly Black is an award-winning author for her many fantasy novels. So I really love this book. Um, it's one of my favorite books, and it's it's like Talia said um, about the emotion and everything. I loved reading it and like never knowing um, exactly what's going to happen because of all the twists and turns and um, because of the emotion. Uh, it kind of played with my emotions a little bit. I don't know if you felt that way, Talia, but it kind of felt like it played with my emotions a little bit. It was very twisty. There were times where my jaw dropped. Yes, yeah, honestly. Um, it's a first-person narrative, um, and it's narrated by one uh, one person who's our main character, Jude. When I first looked at the title, I was confused, because I'm like, okay, it's the <laughs> cruel prince, but who's that, Right. Because uh, it's it's talking about Jude and um, her family and, and the pain that she goes through. I mean, right. her adopted dad murdered her parents right in front of her. And then he goes and adopts her and takes her off to fairyland, her and her, right? her sisters. <laughs> like, I, I'm like, who is this prince, right? And how is he cruel? And then, I mean, and then eventually you meet him and you're like, oh, yeah. That makes sense. He's he's definitely cruel. Very cruel. Oh, my goodness. So you meet Jude. Um, well, first you meet Maddox. And then he's just, he's standing in front of their house. And uh, I mean, when I was first reading it, I'm like, who is this guy? Right? And and what importance does he have to the story? I mean, you find out later he's got a lot of importance. Yeah, and then you meet Jude and her sister, her twin sister, Taryn. And then her older sister, Vivian, right? And I didn't realize that they were, like, eight. Oh, you didn't? I think, wait, I think she's six. I think they're six. It says on the back of the book, doesn't it? Because it's ten years later, right? Well, I have the book. Yeah, well, let you have look, the book. Let's, let's let me look see. at the book. Let's look at the book. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, oh, they're seven. They're seven? <laughs> yeah, <Okay>. they're seven. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now that we've got that figured out. <laughs> okay, so Jude and her twin sister Taryn are seven, um, which, I mean, that would be shocking. Honestly, like, I don't know how Jude would have been able to, um, how she would have been able to process that. I mean, like, she just watches her parents get killed, right? Yeah, it's traumatizing. Yeah, like, I don't... I mean, no wonder she turns out kind of... I mean, she was raised by Maddox, too, so... Yeah, when you think of it like that, it's just... she. It really explains her behaviors later on in the book and how she's just not, like, totally the nicest person ever. Yeah, she definitely... She's very manipulative, and um, she's always kind of looking to see how she can use a certain situation. Yes. And so it's kind of, it's it's interesting to see that. 
Um, so yeah, after they're, after they're taken by Matic, and, um, they're taken to Fairyland, right? And then they just kind of jump ten years, um, later. So they're 17 now. And, um, this is kind of when you start to meet a few other characters. Um, like, you get to meet, uh, your four bullies, basically, at, at school, and they they really drive the plot forward. Like you really you don't necessarily see um, a lot of their personality aside from what you can see from within Jude's head, right? So Jude sees them as very cruel and mean, uh, which I mean makes sense. They're they're very mean to her and her sister. Yes. And um, so yeah, that's Cardin, that's Valerian, that's Nikasia, and Locke. And they're, they kind of drive Jude towards her molding herself differently kind of thing. Like, she, she, it felt like, to me, that she really hardened herself towards other people because of her experiences, not only with Maddox and with her parents, but also with these experiences with these bullies kind of thing. Well, yeah, she, like, lost her trust in people from the things that she's seen and the way that people treat her in Fairyland. Yes, yeah, she's very... She doesn't trust people very easily. And, um, I mean, she she trusts Taryn, right? She trusts her sister. But that trust also changes, too, right? Like, she starts to see them from different perspectives. Yeah, at the, Almost. Be- at the beginning, I'd say that they were going through all these things together, and so they trusted each other because they were going through the same thing with each other. But as the book moves forward, they kind of split off in their separate ways, and they are very different characters, Jude and Taryn, so you can see how they would kind of split off. Yeah, they're they're definitely opposites of each other. I mean, like, Jude is let me go fight him, right? Yeah. And Taryn's like, I'll just I'll just hang my head, you know. Uh, we'll we'll pretend they're not there, kind of thing. And you definitely see that more um, as like Jude's trying to start fights to prove that like she's not gonna back down, kind of thing. And Taryn's like, No, no, like stop, kind of thing. Yeah, Jude wants to like. Mark, like, mark her place. She wants to create a spot for her in this world where Taryn's just fine going under the radar. That definitely affects um, the plot development, actually, because uh, Jude kind of drives the plot forward and Taryn tries to keep it where it is. I mean, she does definitely, her relationship with Locke does kind of drive the plot forward and it does, it drives Jude forward. Because, like, she is so mad after she figures that out. It's kind of why she stays in the throne room after. Um, Is because she saw, like, she didn't go approach her family because she saw Locke with them. And she's, you know. So she she hung out further away from them and then missed her opportunity to leave the throne room before the bloodshed. Yeah, that was a huge point that was very necessary. Alright, so one of the pivotal moments is talking about um, when Jude is in the throne room, right? Because uh, like she was there to witness the coronation of Dane, right? To become the new king. And then 
all of that bloodshed happens where Dane is killed and then their sisters are killed and Balkan's the only one left kind of thing aside from Cardin. Which I think that's um, a pivotal moment too in the development of Jude because she figures out that she has the power to play the game. That before she didn't really have the power to play. She takes Cardin um, as her prisoner, right? Yes. And that that kind of changes the cards that she holds. Yeah, she now has power over Cardin instead of it being the other way around. And instead of him bullying her, she now has the power and she's kind of taken over Cardin a little bit there. Yeah, and I think I think that's an interesting moment because she she kind of gets what it feels like to be on the other side. Because, I mean, I don't think... Um, like, Cardin appeared to find it fun, right, to bully her and her sisters kind of thing. Like, it just kind of seemed like it was all a game to him. But it almost feels like there was a weight that came with that, too. Like, it seemed like he couldn't stop. You know, like, he started bullying her, and now he can't stop. So he's kind of just stuck in this cycle of bullying her. Yeah, he was put into this mold that he, like, created for himself, and he couldn't really go back without it being weird or out of the norm for him. So he had to just stick in with his mold that he created for himself. Yeah, and I mean, Jude Jude kind of did the same thing, too. She, uh, she molded herself as, like, this, uh, you know hard person who's gonna fight till the end you know never surrender kind of thing which is something she got from Maddox who I mean he's he's a red cap which means that he he kind of needs blood almost like he 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 kills people almost for fun you know and he's got he's got that cap um that he dips in his uh conquered enemy's blood which Jude sees all the time, right? So um, she kind of developed a little bit of a never-surrender attitude from him, right? And so I think it's interesting that, like, she she never surrenders, right? But then she goes and she becomes a spy for Dane, right? And then she goes and becomes a bully. Or, well, not exactly a bully, but she, she holds the power against Cardin, and Cardin doesn't know exactly what to do with that, right? Or, or how to act with that. He's very, very scared kind of thing. You can tell because he says that he, when he's nervous, he laughs. And he, he laughs a lot. Yeah. It's kind of interesting, the development of the characters and how they progress the story, right? Because, uh, I mean, without Maddox's personality... And him killing people, Jude and her siblings would never have been in fairy, right? They would never have become the people that they were. So Maddox, without Maddox, there would be no story kind of thing. And then um, without Cardin's bullying and his, you know, him and his friends, without their bullying and their pushing of Jude and Taryn then Jude and Taryn wouldn't develop the way that they did, right? And and then everyone everyone kind of helped drive the plot forward, right? Yeah, even even Oak 
was like central and he was just this little boy and you don't it doesn't seem like he has a crucial part but at the very end you see that oh he's gonna play a much bigger role in this series yes which i appreciate that they um that they showed him the way that they did honestly like you see him as yeah he's a fairy but also like he's he's of the fate but he also has um, more loving feelings towards Jude and Taryn, even though they're mortal. Yeah. Um, and I like that they, that they, that Holly showed that, um, before revealing that he holds all of the, the power kind of thing, or like he's the, he's the one that everyone's trying to get to first. And I, I, I actually, I, I really like the ending of the book. I love, um, I kind of, I think it's funny that she tricks Cardin, right? So then he has to become the king instead of Oak. Because, I mean, she made a promise um, that she would protect Oak, right? And so she had to kind of uphold that promise. And then, um, which made Cardin very angry, right? Because he didn't want to be king, but then she kind of forced it upon him. Yeah, it's it's been a while since I've read this book, so I'm I don't remember a whole ton of like the little parts that happen. But that moment was something that I really remembered because it was just so shocking that she did that, and she was so clever about it, and no one knew it was coming, and she just worked it all to her advantage to help Oak out. Yeah, yeah, I never I never would have guessed that that. That is what she was going to do. And, I mean, I thought it was kind of hilarious. Um, Like, the way that she tricked all of the fae. Um, Because the interesting thing about that is... um, So, there's different spellings of fairy. Um, So, you can spell fairy F-A-I-R-Y. Which is generally what you see in... um, in kids' books, in kids' movies, you know, when you've got the fairy godmother or you got um, a character like Tinkerbell. So they denote a more good fairy kind of thing. But if you spell fairy, F-A-E-R-I-E, they denote a more evil branch of fairy, um, which I think is kind of interesting because that's how Holly Black spells fairy, right, is the more evil um spelling of it and all of these well most of these characters in this book um they're all kind of out to get something right like they're always looking to benefit i would say that none of the characters are morally good they all have their own like things that they want and their ways of getting it and none of them are really in the best way yeah no and i mean you see that as you read the book you're like well they're just doing that for their own gain but (laughs) So the book kind of ends on a little bit of an interesting note, right? It ends with Cardin, so Cardin's king, right? And he, he's angry about that, so he gets crowned king. And then, um, so the final scene, I think, in the book is um, Cardin on the throne. And he's just kind of lying there, you know, just hanging out on the throne. And he, he's talking to Jude. And he basically threatens her with, you may have a year and a day, but just wait till what happens 
um, after that year and a day. So he basically like threatens her. He's like, you put me on the throne and you got me for a year and a day, but what happens after that kind of thing? Of course. What what else is he going to say to her besides threaten her? I mean, he's the cruel prince and now, you know, he's the king. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today, everyone. Um, Talia, do you have any final comments that you want to say? Yeah, I didn't mention this at the beginning, but I actually don't really like this book that much in this series. And I it's not that it was bad. I've heard so many great things about it. And it's very hyped, but it's just... I I didn't hate it, but I just wouldn't read it again. I just didn't like the characters, and I think it's funny that Claire asked me to <laughs> to talk about this book with her, because I just didn't like that. But thanks for having me anyways, Claire. Yeah, well, thanks for joining us today, and um, bye. <laughs> <laughs>